When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. You return to the city of Twithick for the next part of the Seven Goblin series, Part 5, The Fence. An important delivery bound from the kingdom's capital suddenly finds itself in your hand. Start's adventure. The coach ride from Twithick to the township of Lustock, just south of Tannis, has been long and tiresome. You found yourself repeatedly cursing the state of the roads that lie between the Witherport and the kingdom's capital. And you've had your sediment echoed by the driver, who seems to share your disagreeable view of the arduous trek and all that it entails. Although admittedly, making roads is hard. You know, you gotta, you gotta put drainage in, you gotta lay on the ground. It, it's the sort of work you need an entire army to do. And most of the army is busy fighting goblins. Yeah, so, maybe, but they, I mean, if they pulled their finger out, they probably could do it. But who knows, it's hard. At long last, the coachman calls down to you. The lone occupant of the, st- of the stage announces that Lurstock is just a few miles ahead. Here we are now. That's more my, to my liking, he shouts back. Back into carriage and curse. Shouts back into carriage from the front wings. You can still curse the journey through. I always do. Driver asks you if we disembarking at Erstock. We continue on to Talonless, which is only a few miles further the world. You lead out to window to your left and turning and we'll be disembarking in a small township. As you pull your head back inside the carriage, your gaze drops to the floor and comes to rest upon the cough, cloth-wrapped bundle at your feet. The very reason for your journey to Lustock. Please continue. You unwrap the lengthy object resting on the carriage floor and reveal an unremarkable longsword, a weapon you've studied repeatedly during your long ride from Twithick. Despite the fair amount of attention you give the object, however, apart from an angled hollow at the end of its pommel, you've been unable to determine what makes the piece so important. Hmm, like there's something missing, an importance related to you by the man who tasks you with seeing the blade safely to Lurstock, Captain Mursoff. The captain, a leader of one of the larger regiments of soldiers stationed in Twithick, much to disdain of famed Poland, sought you out and asked if you would accept a mission of great importance for the kingdom. When you learned the nature of the task, 
and what was perceived would be likely be an, an uneventful but fulfilling mission, you eagerly accepted it. They say, I have time to do this sort of thing between everything else, but, yeah, whatever. You soon learned the finer details of the mission, and were somewhat taken aback to find that it included delivering a longsword to a man by the name of Raven in the township of Lustock, just south of Tannus. The sword must reach Lustock and the hand of Raven at all costs, the captain said, the eye too closely in his private chamber in 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 the guard town house. This is a matter of great importance. I cannot tell you more than I already told you. I'm afraid when you've given the sword to Raven, your mission is complete. Raven will see that the sword arrives safely in Talonus. You need not report back to me in any fashion. Captain Mills, our final words warned you that danger might befall you on the road. You had every confidence in your ability to handle whatever peril might come your way. My prayers go with you, he said, as you made ready to leave this chamber. Later that same afternoon, you were placed as the sole messenger aboard a coach bound from Trithic to Lustock. Sole passenger, that is. Captain Mirsarf appeared at the door of the carriage and handed you a lengthy bundle of cloth, inside of which lay the long sword you were to deliver to a man called Waven in a distant township. Raven will be waiting for you in the eight snakes inn, the captain said as the driver climbed into his seat. He will be expecting you. Your mind is suddenly jolted back to the pre to the present as the carriage rumbles over the broad patch of stony uneven ground the winding road leading up to Lurstock. You peer out of the window and later discover the first buildings of the small township are, are looming into view along the road ahead. Only a moment later, the coach rolls to a stop at the edge of the town square. There we are, there we are, at last, here we are, beams the driver, throwing open the carriage door and peering at you. I think you'll find this more to your liking out here. Though I'm sure you'll tell Captain Milroff you never had a more pleasant coast ride in your life. Well, good luck to you. Always a business brings you up this way. I've been told to turn back at once. I assume you'll find your own way. You step out of the carriage with a long cloth bundle tucked under your arm and thank the driver. You tell him you, you can indeed find your own way and that you can return to Twithick as soon as, as, as is necessary. He bids you farewell and climbs aboard his coach. You watch as he turns the wagon about and, and rolls slowly in the direction of the stables on the opposite side of the, side of the town's main thoroughfare. It doesn't take long for you to find the way. Across the square, nearly opposite the stables, you spot the eight snakes in. Eager to be with a sword and have performed your promised duty, you move over and step into the small, well-kept establishment. The inn's column room is deserted, save for an innkeeper, who is frantically sweeping up a large pile of, pile of dust against the back door. He looks he looks up where you enter and greets you with a friendly ma. You ask him if he knows the knows of a man named Waven. The expression of his face suddenly changes to one of horror. He drops his broom and backs away from you. It's that moment, moment that the point of a blade presses into the back of your neck. Turn around slowly, says a soft voice from behind you. 
in no position to disobey the command. You turn slowly and find yourself face to face with three rugged looking individuals. Two men and a woman. Each of the three are clad in brown capes and dark tunics. Weather, weather leather hats it perched on their heads. The bearded man hold, holding the sword to your throat glares at you and presses the tip of his weapon firmly against your flesh. The woman scowls. This one looks to be abler than the usual couriers, she says, walking around you as she studies you calmly. I'm not sure what to make of this. Again, I don't know what's happening. The man holding the sword to your throat barks at the innkeeper and orders him to leave, which he probably does. When he is gone, the man whose blade is pressed against your flesh speaks. We have little appreciation for those who deal with goblins. Leave here, Beth. Leave what you came bang on the floor, and no sudden move, friend. Realising it would be pointless to disobey his order, you toss the cloth wrap longsword onto the sword at your feet. The other man, who appears to be as young as the three, steps forwards and proceeds. You boldly ask, knowing the sword of he is waving, and he immediately frowns. You do well to hold your tongue, he says, as the longsword that the young man has just wrapped. Suddenly... The woman's eyes widen, and he steps back and stares at you. Aren't you Zoop? she asks. Her question seems to have a profound effect on her two companions. And their eyes also open wide. The man holding the sword eyes you closely, and then lowers his blade. You tell him that you are indeed Zoop. Then tell us, Zoop, says the man holding the sword, how did you become tangled up? Up with delivering stolen swords to a goblin fence. Okay, what is a goblin fence? Goblin fence. A goblin fence is used to describe a goblin of any variety who serves as a liaison of sorts between humans and goblins, or even less desirable creatures such as trolls and ogres. While trading or dealing with goblins, or trolls or ogres for that matter, is outlawed throughout the entirety of the North Broadlands, the practice does go on, albeit secretly. Goblin fences are frequently used by both humans and goblins in the exchange of goods, often stolen, and services, often illicit, that would otherwise prove unobtainable by either group. Right. Having, having had quite enough of banning commands of the three people who have yet to identify themselves, you demand to know who they are. Almost unusual, the two men and women pull back the capes that cover their shoulders and reveal the, the green patches on their dark tunics to serve as a common marker of the Titian Border Rangers. Okay. <laughs> the man who put his sword to your throat introduces himself to Nomblar. Omnor and tells you that the younger man is named Jorik. The woman steps forward and introduces himself to Monia. You have no doubt the tree standing before you were indeed eyes, realising based on statements made by Rangers, become unwittingly involved in a sinister enterprise. You confess to the Rangers to know nothing of the matter involved with the goblin fence to which they alluded. Was it Captain Miller? asked Munia. Sinking feeling rose Piffer's stomach at the mention of the captain's names. You confirm our suspicions, and she nods. Omlaw. Omnor and Norik slowly shake their heads. We've watched the good captain for a long while. He's involved in all of it, says Omnor, seething his sword. He's involved in all of this, but it's hard to say if it ends with him. 
He's behind the stolen items that their way, made their way to this part, part of the kingdom and into the hands of the enemies of man. You learn that these three border rangers have long been tracking a particularly troublesome goblin fence. They've been receiving stolen items of great value with the help of human agents. We've long suspected Nusroth is one of those agents. Matters seem beyond doubt now. You ask about the man named Raven, who you were supposed to meet here, and Amora steps out of the room. She returns a few moments later, pushing a middle-aged man whose hands and feet are bound with rope. The man's face is bradly bruised and swollen, swollen leading to believe he did not surrender peacefully to the rangers. There he is, says Amora, frowning as he turns his gaze to the fat-bound man before standing, standing before Muna. This is the man who deals with goblins. And a man who has at last led us to the elusive fence. You learn that, that the Wangers captured the man known as Waven outside Lurstark just this morning. And after a prolonged and quite unpleasant interrogation, found out that the goblin fence was hiding out in a cave hidden in the hills to the east. Omria tells you that he and Wilpia investigate the claim and discover the cave. He also tells you. They found the goblin tracks in and around the area, which seemed to lead credulence to, to Raven's account. The tracks were those of a single goblin, although, according to our friend here, this phrase is, still expect, is soon expecting a visit for a few of his kin. Umnar interrupts, tells you there's a limited window of opportunity to enter the cave and deal with the goblin fence while he is alone. It is an opportunity we cannot pass up, he says. Apologise for the nature of the introduction to Realise that, that you have been brought into this unaware of all that we have told you. I ask, however, for your help. Only I told you, if you are willing, he would wish, wish that you to enter the cave and apprehend the goblin fence. He and his two companions would see to it that gob, goblins at waving claims, claims are on route do not interfere with your mission. The ranger tells you, refer if the fence was taken alive. Without hesitation, you told Omno and the others that you gladly accept the task. The three border rangers seem relieved. Happy to at last found an ally in what, in what has, to this point, been a lonely fight. With a man named Waven staggering along at the fore of the group, you and the three rangers make your way out of town into the hills to the east. After only a relatively short trek, you arrive at the base of a broad forested slope. Mira points out to the cave to where you can make out the dark mouth of a what's up the hillside to where you can make dark mouth a cave with a dense forest. There's every possibility the fence will think you to be this one, says Omler, jerking his head in a direction. Even, at least until he sees you. That is at least one advantage. You bid farewell to the free rangers, promise them you will return with the goblin fence. Alive, if possible, Omler reminds you. And good luck, Zoop. May the All-Father protect you. As you begin the ascent towards the cave, the three rangers fan out across the nearby hills to watch for the arrival of the goblins that the man named Waven has indicated are en route. Armour is chosen to keep Waven at his side, under his watchful eye. Well, you would, wouldn't you? At the short but arduous climb, you reach the mouth of the cave, the bare earth in front of the dark opening, 
is uncovered, is covered with goblin tracks. You inspect the clothes and determine, much as Mura had, they all belong to a single goblin. You take long, one last look around the sun, sunlit hillside before stepping into the shadowy interior of the cave. Hmm. I was that goblin, I'll just, you know, hide my tracks. Do have a broom with me to sweep them up? Because if it's mud, it's a bit more difficult. You'd need a, a hoe to smooth them out. There's ways, there's ways. And if you're stepping on stone, you don't really leave tracks, do you? Well, at least not big ones. <laughs> uh, or you could wear snowshoes. Then you don't sink enough to leave tracks. Maybe I'm just, as I say, I don't do this sort of. I don't do this sort. I don't do the sort of stuff where I have to conceal my tracks. <laughs> so I don't really know how to do that. I just watched, you know, TV shows where people sometimes do have to do that. Let's continue. Let's go into the cave. You're standing just inside the entrance of the hillside cave. To the east, sunlight streams into the cave through a wide mouth. To the west, the mistaken cave passage disappears into the gloom. Alright, I'm going west. And now I'm turning around and going east. Ooh, there's an out. There's a question mark coming up on the map. Which means something is going to happen. Pick now. Pick a random number between 1 and 100. Got a bonus of 60. 20 from Aura. Okay, so I have to see something. 20 from Thievery. 20 from Woodmanship. And 20 from Luck. I think it's a trap. Pick now. Failure. Your heart skips a beat and you freeze in your tracks. Something large is swinging down from the gloom ahead. The last possible second, you catch sight of a clear glimpse of the horrific object swimming down at you from the shadow. It is a wide oak beam anchored to the ceiling with thick ropes and outfitted with a nightmarish line of sharpened wooden stakes. The nightmarish goblin snare swings into the passage with unnerving speed. It sharpened stakes making a deadly sweep of the corridor. Right, I've got to dodge out of the way. Got to pick a number. Bonus 65, 20 from agility, 20 from body, 15 from feathery. 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more. It's a, almost a sure bet. Success at 1, 2, 2. You throw yourself to the floor and close your eyes. A wash of air passes over you as the wooden beam and its de deadly sharpened stakes come to within inches of your prone form. You lie perfectly still as the beam swings back and forth along the passage before at last coming to a complete stop directly in front of you. Unnerved by the close call, but thankful to have escaped from the jaws of the perilous track. You return to your feet and breathe a sigh of release. Please continue. Thankful to be, to be past a deadly goblin stare. It will take a few moments, moments to get your bearings and check over your equipment before once again setting off along the passage. Okay, I'm going east, going up, west. Oh, here's another question mark. It's that trap again. Do I notice it in time? We shall see. Yes, I do. And it's got pretty much as high a score as I could have got at 159. 
Your cautious progress along the rugged cage passage is brought to a sudden halt when you spot something on the ceiling ahead. There, only a few yards along the corridor, hanging from the damp roof of the cave, is a broad line of sharpened wooden stakes. Stakes are attached to a thick oak beam, seems prepared to swing down and thrust the pointed tips of his wooden fangs into anyone unwary enough to pass beneath it. You immediately recognise this nasty-looking contraption to be a deadly snare that is obviously of goblin origin. The snare is nearly identical to the one which you came across only a short while ago. After studying the perilous trap for nearly a minute, you realise that unless you find some way to safely set it off, the autosarmit continuing on the passage could very easily result in your death. Okay, I've got to attempt to find a way past the trap. Got quite a few options here. You carefully study the oak beam in the line of sharpened wood estate tax weeks. No one's determining what the range of the snare might be. You realise that any failed attempt to disarm Donald set off the trap might easily result in death. With this unpleasant Thought foremost in your mind, yes, you set about trying to determine your next course of action. Lots of options, as I could use thievery, telekinesis, archery, conjuration, shadow magic, or elementalism. I don't have the levels to use con- conjuration or shadow magic, so I'm going to start with elementalism. Oh, it failed. Oh dear, and the trap, it's swinging at me now. It's a, it's 65 bonus, 75 success. Let's see. I dodge it again. You throw yourself to the floor and close your eyes. A wash of air passes over you as the wooden beam and its deadly sharpened stakes come within inches of your prone form. You lie perfectly still as the beam swings back and forth along the passage before at last coming to a complete stop in front of you, unnerved by the close call. But thankful to escape the jaws of the perilous trap, you return to your feet and breathe a sigh of relief. Yet thankful to be at last past the goblin stair, you take a few moments to get your bearings and check over your equipment before what before again moving off along the passage. Alright, I'm going west, going north, and I'm going east, and it's another one. I'm gonna see, is there another trap? Looks like there might be. Success! You cautiously progress on, your cautious progress along the cave is brought to a sudden halt when you spot something on the ceiling head. There, only a few yards along the corridor, hanging from the damp roof of the cave, is a broad line of sharpened wooden stakes. The stakes are attached to a thick oak beam, which seems prepared to swing down and thrust the pointed tips of its wooden fangs into anyone unwary enough to pass beneath it. You immediately recognise this nasty-looking contraption to be a deadly snare that is obviously of goblin origin. This snare is nearly identical to the others you have nearly come across. Now, it occurs to me that if Raven was going to go here and presumably survive, because, honestly, it's difficult to get... It's a lot of pain to get a new Quinnimal associate, because they could be a cop, they could be useless... Or they could t- t- just take the money and run. Yeah, you don't you don't want to have to get a new associate. An associate all the time. So they, they probably, this goblin fans, 
wanted Raven to get through this cave to meet him. Probably. Maybe he was just maybe he was just going to set him up, kill him, take the sword, keep the money and run. I mean it really depends. Is Raven a is Raven a long term asset? Or is he just someone to use up and throw away? I'm gonna say long term, because I mean Right, well, there's a pretty decent chance that Raven has been told about these traps, how where they are, how to find them, and how to get past them. If so, he's going to be in a lot of trouble because he didn't tell us. And that's a bit of a jerk move to send someone into an area that you know is filled with deadly traps and not tell them about the traps. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's going on your sentence, Raven. Yeah, you're going... I'm going to add, your sentence is now treason, obviously, because dealing with goblins is necessary by treason by necessarily. Trade with goblins, smuggling, illicit movement of goods. Okay, that's smuggling pretty much. Probably thievery. Or accomplish the feat, or, or a so conspiracy for thievery, because I assume this weapon was stolen, probably. And now, attempted murder. Yeah, you're good. I don't know what. I assuming I'm assuming that you outlaws together, and they lead to a death penalty. Yep, you're gonna hang. You're gonna hang so much. And we're not going. We're not going to be gentle with anger. It's not, we're not going to give you a nice big drop. So it's like <coughs> dead. No, we're going to hang you in a mean way, where you take hours and hours to choke. That's what we're going to do to you, because you added attempted murder. So admittedly, you might have been hanging anyway. A anyway. Anyway, just for all the other crimes you committed, and presumably other crimes that we will find out if we investigate further. After we send you to the proper interrogators. They're not very nice. Anyway, Raven, you're going to hang. Or maybe you'll get your head chopped off. Maybe you'll be burnt. I, I don't know what the... I don't know the full range of executions that they have here. I know they do have hanging... Because we we saw that back in back in Seven Goblin Seven Goblins Part Three. Yes, pro probably hanging because that's the that's the only method of execution I've really seen referred to in this. I assume they may have other methods. You're not going you're not going to get decapitated. You're not going to be beheaded. I mean, you're not that special. You're not special enough to have to, you know, to have that special executor come round with the specially sharpened axe. And guillotines haven't been invented yet. Although they could be invented. I mean, there's no, there's no really complicated mechanical things in them. I mean, if someone had the idea, they could probably knock off a guillotine easily enough. But they haven't been invented. Because I don't think this country has ever got into a head, got into that sit, got into that head chop off, 
head chopping off mania that that some that yeah, that that necessitates that, ne- that makes a guillotine necessary because usually you know just chop off a few heads at a time you don't need a special machine for that but when you get to yeah, more decapitations you sent too many people to de- be decapitated now be decapitated oh, I'm bored Oh, this, 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 these heads all over the place. We're gonna have to chop someone's head off for this. No one's cleared up all these heads. Chop off someone's head. Everyone's scared and terrified of their heads being chopped off. We're gonna have to chop off someone's head. Yes. Okay. Stop with the head chopping thing. We're gonna have to chop off your head so you stop chopping off people's heads. Or something like that. But I don't think Tiss has not got into that period, or at least not that I know of. I haven't, I haven't studied all the history of Tysa. And it also tends to be people, people who execute, they kind of want them to suffer as well. And it seems just so fast. Just, you're dead. Maybe your maybe your head still works for a second afterwards. It's hard to tell because you can't take someone's whose head's been chopped off and then you know ask them because their head's been chopped off. Anyway, yeah. After studying the perilous trap for near in a minute, you realise that unless you can find some way to safely set it off or disarm it. Continuing along the passage could easily result in your death. Okay, find my way past the trap. Okay, I'm going to use telekinesis because that has a that's slightly better chance of success. Alright. It's succeeded for 8 XP to telekinesis. You channel your power telekinesis and focus on the whirl of wooden stakes affixed to the side of the oak beam. The impact from your blast of telekinesis sets the deadly snare into motion. Wooden beam swings down into passage with unnerving speed, sharpened stakes making a deadly sweep of the corridor. But where you stand in a tunnel, just beyond the reach of the swinging beam is wooden fangs. You wait into the snare's, snare's movement is spent once again before setting off on your way. Thankful, I assume I just chop it down, maybe afterwards. Because you don't, you don't want to accidentally set it swinging again and have it bump into you. Thankful to be past the deadly goblin snare, you take a few moments to get your bearings and check over your equipment before once again moving off along the passage. Alright, now I'm going east. Oh, here's another one coming up. It's, the, it's that check again. A trap detection failure. Your heart suddenly skips a beast and you're freezing your tracks. Something large is coming down at you from the gloom ahead. Oh dear. In the last possible second, you catch a glimpse of the horrific object swinging down at you from out the shadows. It's a wide oak beam, anchored to the ceiling with thick ropes and are fitted with a broad line of sharpened wooden stakes. The nightmarish goblin snare swings down into the passage with unnerving speed, its deadly stakes making a sweet, deadly sweep of the corridor. It's a check... 65 bonus, 75 success, let's see. Success! 
you throw yourself to the floor and close your eyes. A rush of air passes over you as the wooden beam and its sharp, deadly sharpened stakes come within inches of your prone form. You lie perfectly still. The beam swings back and forth along the passage, before at last coming to a complete stop directly in front of you, unnerved by the close call, but thankful to escape from the jaws of this perilous trap. Return to your feet and breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, and I get a check equipment and moving on. I'm going north. We're at the top. The northernmost part of this cave now. Going west. Going west again. It's that trap again. Success! I spot that trap. Wooden wooden stake. Rope. Sh- pole, stake, spikes, swings. Yeah! Uh, you know. Same as before. Yep. I can head back east. But I must press on. I must attempt to find a way past the trap. Now, I'm going to try elementalism again. Yes, I mean, it failed last time, but you never know. Oh, it failed again! That's just really unlucky on my part. Now, yeah, and now it it started swinging towards me again. Now look, I'm gonna, when I get, I'm going to have to talk to you, elemental spirits, a bit later. Yeah, I'm going to have to give you a serious talk because when I ask, when I, when I ask you to set off a trap so it doesn't kill me, I, I expect you to do it. I don't know what you're paid with. When I said, when I open the, when I when I open the, when I bring forth your power, whatever I'm paying you with, when I give you my non-one level reserve, we enter a contract. You need that. You get that bit of my power, and I expect you to do magical things in return. It's the agreement we have. Okay. I mean, if I wanted to be betrayed by things I summon, I'd have summoned undead. Or I'd just randomly open the gate to no... to the middle of... to the middle of junk town nowhere neverwhere realms. But no, 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 you... you were busy. Stupid elementals. Yeah, and they streamed down at me. Pick now. Success! I throw myself to the floor. It swishes over me. Now I can continue. Yep, 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 and I can continue. Okay, now I'm reaching the end. Here we are. The passage you're following ends at a wide, deep, torch-lit alcove. Creep forward to the edge of the natural chamber and peer into it. At first you believe the chamber is empty. But a sudden, sudden movement against the far wall proves otherwise. Emerging from the shadows on the opposite side of the alcove is a tall, broad-shouldered cave goblin. Okay, have we read those before? Cave goblins, like most other goblins, are a cruel, savage race of demi-humans who hide upon deceit, murder and chaos. Cave goblins are somewhat akin to mounting to shake goblins, although they are larger and stronger, as the name suggests, they prefer to dwell in large caves, 
to fiercely defend against their lairs and all threats. Though they prefer the dark, unlike the shade goblin teams. Okay, I think you've read this before. Oh, I've read that lot. The goblin strides up to a wooden chest in the centre space and turns his back to you as he throws open the lid. The squelchy creature tosses something into the chest and then, in a move that catches you off guard, calls out to you without turning around. I see at last you crawled your way here, Waven. He snarls, closing the chest and resting his white foot on the bandit lid. No doubt you recalled the advice advice on getting passed through the snares. I guess I might be picking the sword off your bloody carcass back there in the dark. You're more slippery than your friends perceive, I think. Hmm. Wait a minute, he knew? The goblins apparently lose having given Raven instructions how to avoid the snares. Make your blood boil. Realise now that the man in custody and in the custody of the border rangers knew how to get round the traps. But breathe not a word of it to you. Either he was well aware of your intention to enter the cave. This is a matter you will resolve later. Before you can contemplate it, your next course of action. The goblin swirls about to face you. His cruel gaze immediately settled on you. And he grumbles contemptuously. So, where is it? Almost as soon as the world escapes your lips. The goblin's eyes open wide and a fearful expression passes over his face. The sinister creature appears momentarily startled, but quickly seems to regather his wits. You're not Waven! He growls, snapping his hands to the hilt of his, the short sword that dangles. I decide, but I'll gladly have your head! The snarling goblin fence draws his blade and steps threatening to, towards you. Now I can use telekinesis, archery, archery, elementalism, or diplomacy. Now, the thing is, I don't want to kill him. So, if I use telekinesis or archery or elementalism, I might, might accidentally kill him. So, I'm going to use diplomacy. Not because I seriously think it will work, but more because it might just give me an opening which I can use to, 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 to capture him. Right, using diplomacy. 8x for you to diplomacy. You attempt to reason with the advancing problem, telling him that you were sent in place of Wave and deliver a sword. At first, you saw he just listened to deter his threatening glance. But your masterful diplomatic skills soon have the wretched creature doubting his own savage instincts. The goblin slows his advance. Moses he seems to lower his guard. It appears he's about to question you on some of the bolder cetaceans yesterday. When he suddenly realises his mistake. But too late! He spring forward and strike his right arm. Causing him to lose his grip on the, grip on the hilt of the blade. The, blood, the sword slips from his hand and clatters across the cave floor. Before the goblin chance fence has a chance to recover his weapon, you're upon him, prepared to see that the vicious tricks of this cruel creature are brought to a swift end. Begin combat with the unarmed goblin fence. Now, I'm going to subdue him. I want to see how big this network is. Who's he trading with? Who? Who is he trading to? 
How deep does this rabbit hole go? We shall find out from you. Because, believe me, you're going to have a very, very bad time, Mr. Goblin. Or Mrs. Goblin. As I, as I probably said before, I have no way of telling of te telling God, of telling whether a goblin's male or female, and if they even have males or females. The cave goblin swipes at you with his clawed hands. And since he's at the end of the cat passage, he's nowhere to he's got nowhere to one. He can't he can't run, he can't fight. And he can't hide. But he can fight, just not that, not, 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 not that well. Okay, and so I'm going to keep fighting. Alright, yep, no, nothing. And subdued your foe. 11 XP. Beaten and battered, but still alive. The goblin fence rolls about on the floor of the cave, moaning in agony. You tear off a portion of his soul cape. And use it to bind his hand securely behind his back. A quick search of him turns up nothing of interest. Before you leave the alcove, you throw open the wooden chest, standing at the centre, and surprise discover contains a large quantity of gold and a glowing red gem. What is this? Two hundred and sixty-eight gold tokens, and what is this glowing red gem? You discovered this strange glowing red gem in the fence, in the chest that belonged to the goblin fence. <laughs> Despite its brilliant, brilliant crimson glow, the gem is frigid to the touch. The goblin fence grumbled as you pocket the glowing gem. With a single stern glance, silences the, the defeated creature. You then order him to move ahead of you as you begin making your way out of the cave. As you draw to the Dwell to the mouth of the cave, your eyes are suddenly drawn to your white wrist. There, freshly emblazoned on his skin, is a fifth tattoo in the likeness of a tall, thin flame. You emerge from the cave into the bright afternoon sunshine, and are pleased to discover the three got is waiting for you, and sons of fire there, busied yourself while you were venturing into the cave. Myrna points to a grassy spot at the base of a hill. Well, you're shocked to see a line of 14 bound cave goblins. Just as the rangers had expected, the goblin fence had accomplices on route. You were quite relieved that thanks to the vigilance of three border rangers, the savage band never made it into the cave. Jorick takes hold of the goblin fence and leads the creature down to join the line of his captured kin. Tin, kin. The rangers were overjoyed that you were able to take him alive. So they soon hope to get some very useful information out of him. Two years of tracking him down, and it's all over. Just like that, as Ornia. She strides up and initiates a shoulder cross. Not a bad showing, Zoop. Wow, two years. How many how many weapons would he have traded? Tra traded to two goblins in the time. In the time he was operating, he was presumably operating for time for a time before that, before the investigation started. Yeah, so even if he only just won a month, we're talking. 
we're talking a couple of dozen, and each one would probably be used, well, I don't know, one extra killing? Yeah, yes, he's an ind that goblin fence. He's an indirect, he's a conspiracy to mass murder, probably. Not a bad. Having forgot, having, not having forgotten the treachery of Waven and the goblin fence exposed, you cry about his whereabouts. I'm dismayed to learn he escaped shortly before you enter into the cave. I have to say we, or should I say I, quite a domesticate me. No doubt we'll catch up with this sooner or later. For his sake, he'd best hope it's later. At last, the three border rangers are ready to depart. Their goblin captors. Certainly, viewers eye widen, and he's nearly forgotten something very important. Soup, she says, eyeing across you. You didn't happen to find anything of interest in there, did you? I found this glowing red gem. You tell the rangers about the glowing red gem you discovered in the chest and produce the curious object. Much to the apparent amazement of Myrna, she steps forward and snatches a stone from the grass. Myrna holds her back to you, then suddenly spins around to face you, holding up the sword you transported from Trithic's alarm fitted into the end of the weapon's pommel with a glowing red gem. Weapon, we're all glad that we'll never reach the foul hand for which it, it, it was intended. It's your suit. Perhaps you can learn more about it. It's an unidentified longsword. The glowing red gem you discovered in the goblin fence's chest is set into the end of this sword. This weapon is of magical quality. You thank me only spiles, miles and stones. We'll be sure your name is mentioned in our reports, Omula, as the wanders turn and set off. May the road be kind to you until we next cross paths, Soup. You watch the wane... Rangers and a line of scowling bound goblins move off to the west and are soon out of sight. You strike out across the hills south and west and make your way back to Lurstrock, weary from your recent endeavour and with your throat horribly parched. You are unable to resist the alluring call of the egg snakes in. You soon find yourself seated before its roaring fire. The innkeeper seems somewhat disenchanted with your appearance but seems to quickly get over any misgiving, realises you are not in the company of the three border rangers. Changes being his, perhaps also during no time. Small part, <laughs> fact, you're his only patron. After two sizeable helpings of stout autumn brew, you bid farewell to your host and step out into the township's main thorough there, although immediately your eyes are drawn to a face peering across the door, round the door of the stable look away. Two dark eyes are set deep into sensual face, the cold glaze fixed firmly on you. The face quickly retreats into the door. You sprint across the thoroughfare and rush into the stables, hoping to meet up with or at least catch sight with the distance, taking such a keen interest in movement. Much to your surprise dismay, apart from its four-legged occupants, the stable is empty. Unnerved by the brief but puzzling episode, you decide to head out of Lusuk at once and make for Talonus, where you seek lodging for the night. As you make your way out to the township, a sense of brief relief comes over you, with your mind still fixed on the haunting gaze, gaze of the face in the stable doorway. You find yourself happy to be leaving the town behind. 
We cross a narrow stone bridge that spans a broad stream. We pass out of Lustop, just as the first long shadows of late afternoon begin to drape themselves across the road ahead. We've got 512 XP to General, and 64 XP to all skills and powers. That's this quest over. I'm now in Talinus. So I crossed half the kingdom on this quest. Alright, and skills. Now I've got I've got a weapon to identify. Arcania. The unidentified long sword has been identified as Sword of Heroic Splendor. Also 16 XP to Arcania. As always, when you identify. Alright, let's just let's see what the stats of this weapon are. Alright, it's a slashing weapon, surprise, surprise, with the power of Heroic Slash. It's got a melee rating of 7, plus 1 stamina point. Got body plus 1, might plus 1, spirit plus 1. The glowing red gem you discovered in the goblin's fence chest is, in is set in the end of this enchanted sword's plummel. This weapon is of magical quality. Okay, let's see. And I think, yep, I'm going to save. And now I am going to stop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.